When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. You're listening to the online marketing made easy podcast episode number 61. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in, so thanks for being here. Now, I'm a little bit stressed because we are just weeks away from my son, Cade, getting out of school for summer break, and we have planned zero sports camps for him. It's just kind of got away from us. I don't even know how summer is already here. And so now my biggest fear is I work from home, and so many of you probably can relate. Having your kids home for the summertime is a little bit stressful, even when you've got just one like me. Now, believe me, if you've got more than one, I know it's more stressful than my situation. I totally get that. But here's what I'm stressed out about. I don't want Cade sitting in front of the computer all day playing computer games, which he loves to do. So if I can keep him occupied with a few sports camps, then I'm good to go and I won't feel like a terrible mother who lets her kids sit in front of the computer for like 10 hours a day during the summer. Just it's not okay, right? So I better get cracking on those sports camps and maybe some of you can relate because summer for many of us is right around the corner. So anyway, let me get to the point here. Today, we are talking about visual content, specifically visual content to drive more traffic, to drive more leads, and to drive more sales. Now, because I'm not the expert in visual content, I have brought on an expert, and her name is Donna Moritz. Now, Donna is a good friend of mine. We go back to about 2012 when she was in my very first Profit Lab course. So she's my number one alumni from that very first course. And so I've stayed in touch with her ever since and watched her build a wildly successful business. And her business is primarily around visual social media and content strategy. Now, she's featured all over the web, Entrepreneur Online, Social Media Examiner, Forbes, and she has an amazing blog, sociallysorted.com.au. And this blog has had many awards. So the business category winner of the 2014 Best Australian Blog Competition. I forgot to mention, Donna is from Queensland, Australia. So all you Aussies out there, you've got a friend coming on soon. 
And also her blog was listed as a top 10 social media blog for social media examiner in 2015, which is a very prestigious award to get. And then Smart Company named Donna's blog as one of the top 10 business blogs in 2015. I mean, how cool is that? So you definitely got to check out her blog, sociallysorted.com.au. Okay, so now back to today's show all about visual content. One of the cool things about the show notes for this episode is that I'm going to add a lot of imagery, a lot of examples that we talk about here on the show today. I'm going to actually bring over to the show notes so you can see the examples we actually are discussing. So the show notes are at amyporterfield.com forward slash 61. So you can get all the show notes over there. Okay, so I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring on my Aussie friend, Donna Moritz. Donna, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. It's always great to chat with you. So you were recently on the show just for a split minute because I wanted you to jump on and share your story about SlideShare, but I teased the audience and said, you are coming back and now you have a full episode to talk all about visual content. So I think this is a topic that is so very valuable. But before we get there, before we jump in, I want you to share your backstory because when I had you on the show for just that quick minute, you didn't get to share your backstory and it's interesting. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, thanks. Well, firstly, I feel very blessed and honored to be on here twice. (laughs) I feel like I'm taking an extra piece of cake. (laughs) I love it. So, uh, yes. So if anyone hasn't guessed, I'm from Australia. So, um, and Amy's um, mentioned that, but I, I started out, uh, you know, as a young teenager deciding what to do in life and I wanted to be either a designer or helping people and I ended up um, after an exchange program to Canada deciding to go down the the safe job route and and be a, a speech therapist which was great and I did it for 10 years and but I was always very creative and I'd never really um, done the designer thing so um, I ended up kind of segueing into a business with a friend of mine and we we uh, we started a recruitment agency to send people over to the UK to work because I had traveled to the UK as a speech therapist and had an amazing time. And we started this recruitment agency with no money, (laughs) no experience, and really not any marketing experience either other than what I'd learned as a speechy. And um, just had a real crash course in marketing and it was before social media. But if I look back now, I only realized this a while ago, we would travel around the country and do presentations at universities. We would use phone, email, a blog that was re- well, a website that was an early version of a blog that had kind of a travel blog on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we would help people get ready for working holidays and we used ninja marketing. <laughs> we had to go up against these big agencies we basically killed everybody with love. Like we, Fantastic. We made them feel so loved and welcome and ready for their trip. So while everyone else was getting people ready for work, we were getting them ready for a working holiday and that was our point of difference. So I learned very quickly how to use not only visual content, looking back, um, you know, in print media and things like that, but also how to be social before we had, you know, any social media. We had to piece it all together. We had an old clunky CRM that we put together to to keep track of people and yeah so I learned a lot and when um, I came back you know had babies things like that kind of segued into social media uh, after we sold our agency basically the bottom fell out of the UK market and I had my first kind of success but failure (laughs) and um, kind of started to apply all the things I'd learned in that and a brick and mortar business that I had with my husband and 
and um, really fell in love with social media. I guess I'd already kind of been doing that kind of marketing, that relationship marketing. Right. And and it just um, I started to a blog because a friend asked, told me to. And the blog kind of started to take off, but I really noticed that the articles on the blog that were really popular were the ones about visual content. So when Pinterest was starting to become popular or how to use images or how to, you know, create visual content for your blog um, back in the days when PicMonkey was new as a tool. So I, I really just started to resonate with visual content. People were liking it. And and then um, I'd met you and I'd done a I was one of your first Profit Lab members. Yeah. And um, you asked me to do a guest post. So I... That's right. Yes. And I remember thinking it was your first guest post on your blog. <laughs> and it was like being handed a baby. I was like, whoa. So I, I went a little bit over the top. We did, <laughs> we did this blog post that ended up being a bit of an epic about um, how to use Pinterest for business. And you know, just because it's not enough work to just do that, I thought I could do an infographic. <laughs> this is Donna's style. So you all are in for a treat today because when we get into the content, Donna delivers way more than most people in terms of free content. And so this is a perfect example. She literally got with the designer and designed an entire infographic all about Pinterest and how to optimize your pins and all that good stuff with Pinterest. And it yeah. really caught on. Like it was like wildfire off my blog yeah. post. Yeah. Like I was it, very lucky. Yes. And uh, we, it was funny because we, um, at the time, infographics were very popular, but they were like this. So someone takes a, a really big amount of data and then turns it into a beautiful picture with amazing design. So you had this amazing piece of design that was great to look at, but not really something that people would retain. They would pin it to a board on Pinterest and never really look at it again. And I wanted something that people would use. So that was the start of my journey into infographics that were helpful. Right. <laughs> and, and we just did a summary of the blog post. It was nothing special, but it was useful. And it was bright and fun and it still gets pinned all the time. Yeah, like I'll link to I... it in the show notes so you guys can yeah. see exactly what she's talking about. But it's yeah. like the ultimate guest blog post that someone yeah. would ever do for me. It was amazing. <laughs> so and we've actually revamped the blog post, but I think the, the infographic needs a makeover now. So. Probably. I'm still going to link yeah. to it. It's a little old, but I just want to show yeah. you guys kind of yeah. where this all started. So awesome stuff. Now from there, so now you really focus, like, would you say your main focus is on visual content? Yeah. So from there, I, uh, I realized once I saw that happen, it was, it was like watching it live go, wow, this, this piece of content is driving traffic to Amy's blog post. There was, you were running a webinar, I think with Melanie Duncan at the time. Mm -hmm. So you were smart and you had an opt-in at the bottom and it all worked like it perfectly. So I started to think, well, how could this work in other situations? So I started to do, yeah, more infographics and more posts about visual content. So essentially, I pivoted my blog. I remember listening to Darren Rouse speak and he said, when you see a spark and something that really resonates with you and your readers, you should really just, you know, fan the flame a little bit and follow it. And that's what I did. So my whole blog pivoted to be about visual social media and content strategy, essentially. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about visual content. Why do you think it's getting so much airplay or why is visual content just so popular right now? Well, I think you can go back to, you know, cavemen days. We have <laughs> always been writing on, well, drawing on walls and 
it's just, you know, we're hardwired to connect emotionally with visual content. You know, we've, we do it from the moment we're babies, we react to visuals and faces. And if you put aside video at the moment, like if I just want to talk about visuals themselves, like images and pictures, we process them very quickly, faster than text, video and audio. And we can make a really quick decision about whether we're going to engage with something. I've got a good buddy, Joshua Parkinson, who founded Post Planner, and he says that you need to get people to stop the scroll. And I think that's a really mm. great term. You know, it, there, there's so much noise on the news feeds. It's like the Grand Prix, you know, like it says, Vroom. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> and, and you need to stop it to, to sort of even see if you're going to engage with something. And if it's not catching your eye or resonating with you or easily processed, like really snackable, then it will just, you know, you'll just let it pass on by. So I think in that sense, visual content is a great way for people to do that. And it also kind of acts as a time machine or a doorway. So when someone clicks on a piece of content, they can be transported to any other social platform or place or website on the internet because, you know, people are clicking through and and moving from one platform to another. Yeah. So I think you know, it's become so popular that every platform has become visual. Like even Twitter is visual now with Twitter cards and allowing images to show up. And LinkedIn owns SlideShare, so that's visual. All of the platforms are visual and, uh, you know, tweets, images with, well, tweets with images get retweeted twice as often. There's so many stats to show that visuals are you know, mind-blowingly popular and they work. So true. Now tell me this though, what types of visual content are out there? Because I think, you know, there's a lot of different options here. So talk to me about that. Sure. So I recently started to think about that because people would get overwhelmed with where to jump in. So I really like to think about three levels. So you've got your shareables, which are those really easy to create, easy to share, sort of usually individual images that would be on Facebook and and um, Pinterest and Instagram. And these are sort of your funny photos, behind the scene photos, um, images that you create, quotes, tips, sort of how-to images, all those sorts of images. They're really a good jumping off point. And then you can move forward a little bit and do what I call the step-by-step. So these might take a bit more effort, but they're they bring a bit more return as far as driving traffic and getting results. So this is sort of like your checklists or your, um, let me see, like a how-to image, like maybe with photos, like a little mini infographic, Okay. Uh, things like tutorials, and they work really well on Pinterest and get shared a lot. And then the third level, which is sort of where you really want to step up to if, if you've been doing some visual content or you've got a big blog, blog post or a launch or something, is the what I call the show pieces. So these take a bit more investment of time and money and they bring a lot more traffic. So that's the infographics, maybe short video. How about SlideShare? And definitely SlideShare. Okay, so what I'm going to do, if you're listening right now, obviously you are listening, or how would you be hearing (laughs) from us? I'm going to put these three different types on the show notes. And I know, Donna, didn't you just write a blog about these as well? Yes, and it will be going live just a couple of days before this goes live, I think. So it's uh, nine ways to up, up level your visual content. Um, Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to link yeah. to Donna's recent blog post. That's going to uh, talk about what she just basically laid out, but also I'm going to show you three examples that Donna has created in each of these categories, because she's really, really, would you say that you're extremely creative? Because here's, what's not fair. I don't have a creative <laughs> bone in my body. 
So are you telling <laughs> us how to do, I don't, are you telling us I, how to no, do the stuff that you have to be really creative? Um, this, this is the thing I said, I wanted to be a designer, but I never ended up being a designer. And the, the, the tools we have available now are amazing. Like it means that anyone can be creative. There's, there's tools like Canva and we can get to those in a moment, but there's tools available that will allow anyone to create visual content, even a slide share an infographic or, um, individual images. It's quite amazing. Even if you don't necessarily have a designer's eye, like I don't. No. And there's different levels at which you can jump in. You can jump in all gung ho and do them from scratch with a, with a template or with a, a tool. You can actually use templates and not have to be too creative. I like the um, template idea. Yeah. And, and then we'll talk about tools. Step. Yeah. You can use your designer and, and work with them. So you can say, Hey, can you create me a template? And then I'll add text overlay on top of that. And Ooh, then you I like go, that. Yeah. And you can go full, full blown and, and actually get it, you know, outsourced completely. Okay. So that's, there's some options there. Okay. So we've got our three visual types. And again, amyporterfield.com forward slash 61 are the show notes. And these show notes will be packed with a lot of great examples of images as well as links to great info. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 61. But the next question I have for you is this, what are the essential elements of a really great visual? Like what makes a visual fantastic when used on social media? Great question. Okay, so uh, if you strip it back and don't think about design at all, the two things that just work time and time again are either that it helps in some way or it inspires in some way. Um, evokes emotion, anything in that inspiring category. Yeah. But those two things work best. So, um, you know, you notice how nobody will come back to an infographic that they is not helpful to them. So back to that point. So, but even with images, you know, it needs to be eye catching. You need to add some sort of context. So, you know, an image of a lady standing on the beach with her arms outstretched won't really mean anything on Pinterest if it's separated from a blog post. But if it has a blog title of nine yoga techniques you'd never heard of overlaid on top, then people know Im immediately that that's going to be about yoga or meditation or whatever it's about. So adding some context is useful and some sort of call to action. Now that can be on the image itself, um, on the actual, you know, shareable image or at the bottom of an infographic or a call to action in a, in a slide deck, or it can be in the description around that image. But we tend to go first to the image and then to the description. So if you can give some sort of call to action without being over the top, then it's worth it on the actual image. And then making sure it's the right size and style for the platform. You've probably heard people like Gary Vaynerchuk talk about the importance of creating native vi visual content. So making sure it suits the platform you're on. It's the type of content that people would normally share on there, not marketing content. Right. <laughs> um, and the right size. So say you're creating an image, one size doesn't necessarily fit all, but it might work for Instagram and Facebook. Square shape is great or landscape works for Facebook and Twitter. So yeah, just thinking about some of those elements will help to make a great visual. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, but this right size thing can really stress people <laughs> out. So do you know of, or could we maybe find some resources out there that tell you exactly the size you should do for, let's say a Facebook post, so it doesn't get cut off on the Facebook page or a Twitter image or Instagram or whatever? Sure. Well, what I'll do is I'll give you a blog post about that because um, perfect. But we'll put that in the show notes. But just so people know, 
firstly, one size fits all is a wonderful concept, but it doesn't necessarily work. No, uh, it doesn't. But there, there are some tricks. So okay. firstly, Canva is bringing out a new level of their tool. Uh, this is Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Most of your readers will probably, listeners, should I say, <laughs> uh, would probably have heard of Canva by now. Yeah. Um, but they're bringing out a pro account where you can actually take a design and then hit resize. And what? It resize it. Yes. I'm Finally. Actually using it. Yes, I'm using it right now. It's in beta. It's amazing. Um, so basically I, just, I create an image, let's say for Facebook, and then yes. I say resize for Instagram. Yes. So you would save a copy if you still want to keep the original. You, you hit resize. It will bring up the whole image in an Instagram image. Yeah. Some of the um, some of the fonts and you know, the photo might have moved a bit. You just have to tweak it a little bit, but okay. it takes, you know, literally a minute or so. Okay, to great. So up. that's going to be out hopefully fairly soon if it's in beta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's in beta. It's, um, I think there'll be a small fee for that level of account, but I know from what I've heard, it's not going to be huge. It's worth it from, I think, definitely worth it. The other thing you can do is you can think about how you're designing your images. So Rebecca Radice is great and I'll give you a link to one of her blog posts but she uh, has a square-shaped image as her blog header. But what she does is she's really clever. When she designs that image, she puts most of the text in the middle section. Yeah. So if you share that square image to Twitter, it, the, the, the part that shows up on Twitter is the most important part. She's very, very clever. Okay, that so is cool. So you can do some of those things with your images. If there's two platforms you're using a lot, like say you're really using your blog and Twitter, then you would – you can design your images to, to suit both. The other thing you can do is just just create images based on where you're using most of your, where you're sharing most of your content. So don't try and do an image that goes for every platform, but just pick the two or three that, that you're um, focusing on. I love that. I think that is the smartest way to go and keep it simple, which is what most of us need to do. So we're not spending all day or hours even on these images. Okay. So Here's the deal. I've heard you talk about the concept of driving traffic mm-hmm. um, with visual content. And I want to talk about how that works. But I also want to tell everybody that I did a podcast episode number 56. So it's amyporterfield.com forward slash 56. And the podcast episode was how to create content to attract your target market. This was something that my audience had asked for. So we went over a lot of content ideas. And that's when I brought Donna on as a guest. And she shared some con- um some strategies around SlideShare and they were so good. Like SlideShare is just so awesome in terms of how Donna uses it. Yes. But since we went into detail already, I want you to check out episode 56 if you haven't already, because there's some really cool content strategies using images that Donna talked about. But coming back here, talk to me about how you use visual images to drive traffic. Okay, well, this is something that I'm really excited about because ever since that infographic went crazy, <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen it happen again and again. So I really think about the fact that everyone is so focused on likes and comments and reach. And, you know, like we often forget about what happens after the, the piece of content is put in front of their eyeballs. You know, like reach is important, but if people don't take action on it, then it's really not, not worth anything. Right. So I like likes and comments, but I really want click-throughs and shares. So yes. when, when you have a piece of visual content and it's amazing, people want to either do two things. Well, they do want to like and comment, but they want to click through on it to find more information because they think it's amazing already and, and they're curious about where it comes from. 
and they also want to share it. And they're the holy grail as far you know, those two things are the holy grail as far as I'm concerned when it comes to visual content. So the thing about driving traffic is like I said before, visual content is like a doorway. It's like, like a time machine. So if you look at a tweet, it might have a lifespan of say, I don't know, minutes or hours, sometimes days with resharing. A Facebook post might have a lifespan of say days or maybe a week or someone might find it later on and and bring it back up into the news feed. But a, a piece of visual content can show up months or years later. So if you do a search on your page and what's being shared from, uh, sorry, on your site and what's being shared from amyporterfield.com from, from your website to Pinterest, that infographic from three, almost three years ago is still showing up daily. Right. So these types of content show up more than say a tweet or a Facebook post will. They have longevity. Um, often hear Peg Fitzpatrick talk about how it has such longevity and it's so true. So when in terms of driving traffic, if you can have a good call to action on a piece of visual content that's getting eyeballs on it, then the potential is exponential. Like it's, it's quite amazing how much traffic it can drive. So I've used it to drive traffic to webinar signups uh, from infographics or slide decks, which we talked about in the other interview. Um, you can use um, shareable images to create buzz and then, then throw in some call to action images on either you know, any, any platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you have a call to action in either the, the description or your profile link or the image, you can really start to drive people through. So there's sort of, I have five steps. Do you want to hear how they, yeah, how they work? Yeah, tell me. So, okay. So this works perfectly with something like Amy's program where she's always, or even on her podcast, where you're always talking about the, the steps from taking someone from being a fan through to a customer. So everyone will have some kind of marketing plan in place, hopefully, especially if they've done your programs. (laughs) But this works imperfectly with your existing marketing plan. So you you have a piece of visual content and then you need to have some sort of call to action on it, either in the description or on the piece of content. And then that will drive to somewhere. You have that mapped out and it will usually be some sort of landing content. So that can be from an image or a slide share to a blog post. It can be to a landing page, like a lead page. Um, so it page. could be like an image where on the image, something you're talking about a lead magnet, like a free guide yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and- if, it's, if it's an infographic, I keep that pretty subtle at the bottom, but a slideshow, you can be a bit more you know, obvious about it and put it in a couple of times in the middle and at the end. Um, or is this also just a post you'd put on Facebook? It can be anything. Okay. It's it, Once you get the concept of it, then it's just a matter of plugging in the, the pieces. So the so visual content is supposed that. It can be, it can be a tweet, an image that you tweet. Okay. So for me, it might be an image promoting a webinar that you, you promote, you, you post other tweets as well, but you have your promotional tweet uh-huh. scattered amongst. Might be an image promote, promoting a, um, a three-part video series or a blog post. Um, and then that blog post might be where you get people to sign up to be a subscriber or to sign up to a webinar okay. or to, yeah, or it could be a Facebook post, um, driving people through to a lead pages landing page, or it could be a slide deck driving people through to, um, your opt-in form on your website, or it could be to a, a product sales page if you really want to send them directly there. So it's that piece of visual content, then a call to action, and then some sort of landing content where you then, you know, a warm landing content. 
Right. And then from there, you actually have a goal, obviously, and that is to sign up for my webinar, subscribe to my list or whatever. And then, and then that basically should have them into whatever your current follow-up program is where you're providing value, either providing what you're offering or providing more value in terms of email marketing. So that okay. hopefully should make sense. <laughs> so with those five steps, so just to reiterate really fast, you're creating yep. a piece of visual content. And you're adding a call to action inside that visual content. Is that right? Yeah. Either okay. on the content, depending on the size or in the description. Okay. So if it's a Facebook post, maybe at the top of the post, you have your call yep. to action and then you have your visual content, which is an image. You're driving yep. somewhere, whether it be to a blog post or a webinar opt-in page or your opt-in page for your free PDF, whatever it is, you're driving them somewhere to get yes. mo- more information and then hopefully take an action, which is step number four, the goal sign up, read the blog, opt into something great, whatever it might be. And then number five, that's where now hopefully that you've got them to do something. In many cases, how I teach it is you get them to opt into something and now you're adding value and you're following up through email marketing. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So someone could take this and plug it into say what they're learning from you or what they've already got established. It's it's like an extra layer. I I call it, it's, it's kind of like supercharging your existing marketing. Um, so anyone can start using visuals to really add an extra layer. It, it's almost like a slipstream yeah. <laughs> effect. <laughs> You're bringing people towards where the funnel, essentially. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So I like to see it in action. So that makes sense. So Don, I want to swing back a little bit. We already talked about one tool that you talk about a lot and I've brought into a lot of my podcast episodes, which is Canva, C-A-N-V-A. And that's a desktop tool to create images. Another one you mentioned was PicMonkey, P-I-C-M-O-N-K-E-Y. So both tools, those desktop tools, help you create images, right? Can you kind of just shed some light there? Because I'm going to ask you about some other tools you use as well. Sure. Yes. So Canva, I'm very proud of. It's not my company. I wish it was. (laughs) You would think it was your company. You love it so much. Well, see... They recently did what what number sign up you were on Canva, and I think I was three hundred and thirteen out That's of cool. two and a half million. So I was very early pre beta playing with it. So it's like watching it grow. But Melanie Perkins and Cliff, her partner, have just done an amazing thing. So Canva is a DIY design tool, and it was designed to help people have some of the functionality of programs like Photoshop, but without needing to be a designer. So they have thousands of templates in there. Big news is that they've just released an infographic template, which is amazing. I used it the other day to create an infographic. It took me literally about 30 minutes. Awesome. And it looks pretty pretty good, I hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they now have that in there, but there's all sorts of templates, social media templates, um, PDFs, posters, everything you can imagine. So there's three levels you can sort of – go in at with Canva and one is uh, to design using their templates. You don't have to do much tweaking, just some colors and fonts and things or leave them as is. So that's really easy. Or you can get quite custom with it and start using their tools really like a designer. They have an amazing blog called the Canva Design School. We'll add the link, but it is a mix of their blog and design tutorials. So when you go in and do these tutorials, they take literally a couple of minutes it teaches you how to do something really cool that you would have always thought, how do they do that? Like blurring a background image or something like that. 
and you're actually doing it in canvas so it's hands-on tutorials so amazing i've done it so this is for those that struggle with creativity like me this is a great tool and if you're not really techie this is also great so it's canvas design school totally free i'll link to it but like donna said and i just want to really point that out while you're learning you're actually doing i don't really understand how brilliant they are in, in terms of how that works but it is so very cool. So you can follow along step by step and you can create some awesome things. Yes, it's amazing. And if you get stuck, there's a video that's literally 30 seconds and it's actually just showing them how them showing you how to do it. Yeah. So it's it's really cool. I I love doing them. They're great. So that you can do that. You can actually they're bringing out a, a now a, a team version, which I'm also testing out at the moment. And it's amazing. So. I can work with my virtual assistant, my content manager, who I just started a couple of weeks ago, and she can help me create images and we can share them within Canva and I can edit quickly. It's amazing. So it's great for teams as well. So that's Canva. Okay. So Uh, let's talk about, and and then PicMonkey is the other tool. We just don't use it as much. Well, I do still use PicMonkey. You do? Yeah. It's a photo editing tool. So I use it for, they have amazing layouts and themes. Like if you're doing something for Halloween or Thanksgiving or they've got like a cartoon superheroes theme. You can do some really cool things with that. They've got really good filters and fonts and things like that. Um, you can actually import your brand fonts or it picks up the brand fonts on your computer. Okay. So if you're using, if you want an image with a specific font on it, then you can use that. Canva doesn't have that yet. They probably will. Okay. But that's a really cool tool. So I still kind of use both a bit. Um, okay. And it's great for resizing and things like that. So Great. So how about mobile tools, mobile tools so that, or yeah, yeah. tell us about that. So a lot of the visual content tools tend to come out on iPhone first. So I apologize to the Android users, but some, I do have one for you. Mm. The two that I use mostly are WordSwag. It's a typography tool. So you plug, plug in your quote or whatever you want to say, and you can use images of your own, or they've got um, an image bank from Pixabay. And then you just change around the layouts and it, it, it will shuffle through a whole heap of layouts that look like designers have done. They're amazing. And then, so that's on a, that's on a mobile and that's only on iPhone at the moment, but hopefully Android at some point and iPad as well. And over, O-V-E-R, which is the website is madewithover.com. And that is a great little tool for doing text overlays on images as well. And that is available on Android and iPhone. And there's a, another one called Quick, I think Q-U-I-C-K, which is like an entry-level version of Over as well. And that's pretty cool too. Okay, cool. So there's three that I use for, for that. How about to create slide decks, like what you did for uh-huh. SlideShare, which I'll put an example in the show notes. So I'll definitely show you how Donna has used SlideShare. But what do you do for that? Okay, so SlideShare, I actually have mainly used Canva's slide deck template because it's really simple and easy to use. You can do up to 30 slides. Uh, When you save it as a PDF, then you can um, go in and edit your PDF and add in any calls to action. Cool. Uh, So links. So be be sure to do that. And you can link to anything. You can't do it for the first three slides, I think, which I think is a fair call. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Uh, But then after that, I usually put one in in the middle and one at the end. And then there's also another great tool called Haiku Deck, H-A-I-K-U. Um, and they have some really cool templates as well. And they were designing a new version of their product, which will be very cool if it works. And apparently it's got artificial intelligence so that you can take any notes or information and it will just create a slide deck. 
I don't know how that is going to work, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. But I'm still, I think it's so cool that Canva actually has a template that you can use to create a slide deck. So I think that's awesome. And then talk to me about short video, because you know a lot about short video and how to use images. And, and also I want you to talk a little bit about Periscope. What that, what's that all about? Yes. Well, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't gotten into Periscope a lot, but I, it's, it's basically live streaming and it's become really, really popular. So I think it's definitely worth people checking that out because you can then, um, you know, it's hooked up with Twitter. It, it's just another way of people to, to add in a different level of visual content to their, their so, um, okay. So this is, a, I have to interrupt you real fast. So when you yeah. talk visual content, you're not always talking about just images because no. isn't Periscope like you literally are seeing the person? Yes, you are. Okay. And people can follow and, 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 you know, engage and it's become a really popular medium. So it's something that I'm starting to play with more now. So there's a whole bunch of different ways you can look at short video. So there's, there's, um, there's just straight short video, which if you upload to Facebook, and I know you've talked about this on your podcast, is amazing. And Facebook are really pushing video that's uploaded natively. So, you know, I know you've mentioned it before, you get amazing views right. versus just uploading a YouTube video. So there's that. So you can still do longer form video, but people's attention spans are, you know, shortened nowadays. So right. I'm talking about sort of like the short one minute or less videos that or maybe on uh, on something like Instagram where it's 15 seconds. You can do amazing things in 15 seconds. So whether it's just giving a quick tip or showing something or maybe you can take people on a tour by actually speeding up your videos. You can use a tool called Hyperlapse, which is an Instagram tool where you speed up you might take a minute or two of footage, but you can speed it up so you get that sort of funny running around cool. kind of speed. Um, you can also slow it down and do cool things too. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Wallace and Gromit kind of stop motion animation. Yeah. They, yeah. So that's come a long way and now there's an app called the Stop Motion app and I've started playing with that uh, to do some short YouTube, uh, not YouTube, uh, Instagram videos where you're just taking photos and moving something around and then it just does that little funny stop motion effect. So that can be really cool for just a really short Instagram video. So that that's a that's an app you can get on your iPhone. There's so many um, cool tools. There's so many things. I love yeah. it. And there's another one called Video Hance, which is an app you can do editing on your actual mobile. I know I know you've done a, a, an episode recently on mobile apps, but Periscope, um, admittedly, I haven't, I've, I played around a bit with Meerkat when it first came out. I've got Periscope. I, I tend to think that I'll probably be going more with Periscope just because of the fact that it's linked up with Twitter. But I know a lot of people in my community that are using it and loving it and just that live streaming. Yeah, it's a, it's a concept. definitely people cool are, tool. Yeah, people are using it at events a lot. You know, I've seen some of the speakers using it um, just, you know, before and after their presentations, interviewing people. It's it's getting a lot of traction. So it's, it's sort of that short in the moment. Uh, and that's what Instagram's all about in the moment, capturing life's moments. Um, you know, it's what people are really gravitating towards. So definitely check it out. Okay, cool. So those are some of the tools. Again, I'll put those on the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 61. And before we wrap up, my last final question to you is what are some mistakes that we should avoid when we're creating visual content? Sure. So 
one of the first things is to not be thinking about any sort of strategy. Now, even if you're creating an, the shareables that you're posting on Facebook or Instagram, just start with a simple strategy and it might just be to get consistent. One image a day can bring amazing results. Like I know someone that had a travel agency, a travel business that was going under and he started to post one image a day on Instagram. Now he is the top tour wow. on, uh, on TripAdvisor <laughs> for Australia. For That's the entire, cool. For the entire country. Um, I've seen small businesses post consistently one image a day, one original image, just a quote, not even their own quote. Um, with less than a thousand fans on Facebook, this is one of my clients, and we had consistently images getting shared 70 or 80 times. So great. Now, yeah. So just being consistent. You know why? I'll tell you something. People have a hit list. Do you have a hit list? A nice one. What do There's you no mean? One getting... A hit list is where, and you'll, you'll have one. I know you'll have it, even if it's not written down. It's where you have a list of pages and profiles and people you go to to share content from. Yes, yes, they do. Because you know that they're good for it. You know that they put out quality content. And so these pages that are putting out even just a single image every day, this, you know, even if it's just an, an obscure business, other pages that are looking for that type of content will come there daily. Some of them even come to the page and just share that content out. Yeah. So I that, just talked about consistency in the episode before this and how yeah. very valuable that is. And that consistency plays into your visual content as well. So I'm glad you brought yes. that up. Yeah. So, and if you batch your images, you can do that easily. You know, do a series of quotes or tips and just do one a day. Just start with that. Gotcha. Um, and the other thing is just uh, try to avoid, you know, not thinking about driving traffic. So always just be thinking about what you're, where you want people to go or do. It might be that you just want them to engage to start with, to build up your reach and engagement. But then as you build up the types of content, then, um, you know, and that's what, that's what we teach. I've, you know, I, I teach two things. One is the strategy about how to drive traffic and how to take your con visual content to another level. But it's also how to create that visual content in the first place because there's so many programs and people saying be on Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, but then they're there and they don't have any content to share that's original. Now that reminds me, Donna, you've created a really cool freebie for this episode. So as you all know, if you follow my podcast, every single episode has a free giveaway of some sort. And when I have a fantastic guest on that creates amazing free content, I always ask that guest if they would do the free PDF. And thankfully, Donna said yes, because as I mentioned earlier, her free content is the kind of content that you say, oh my gosh, I should be paying for this. So Donna, I know you created something really cool. You can all get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash images. So amyporterfield.com forward slash images. And it's a three-part video series where you get where you get really specific on the step-by-step -step in terms of how to create images. Am I right? Yes. So we go deep into, well, not deep, but it's it's three videos. So one is about uh, getting a Facebook image strategy. Uh, then we look at tools and, that you can use and then some myths and mistakes about video, about creating visual content. So it's it's uh, it does include a couple of PDFs, like planning documents that you can use, but it's very, very step-by-step. -step. People will come away with a visual content strategy, even if it's a basic one and, and just getting some shareables up um, awesome. on there on a platform of choice. And usually that'll be Facebook. So yeah, it's great. And um, it's a lot of the content that I teach in my main program. I have a program, Create Traffic Driving Images, where we teach 
teach all sorts of different things about creating the visual content that you can share. But this video training covers a lot and they'll get a lot out of it. Great. And it's free, which is always fun. So again, yes. amyporterfield.com forward slash images to get your hands on that freebie for this episode. And Donna, I want to just thank you so very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, you always have such awesome insights and tips and strategies. And I also wanted to share with all of you that Donna's blog is fantastic. I mentioned in the intro that she's won awards for this amazing blog. And you can check it out at sociallysorted.com.au. And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. But her blog is something that you definitely want to check out and probably share some of those blog posts with your own audiences. It gets tons of traffic. So you're going to love what you find there. But again, thank you so much for being here, Donna. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 